Yikes. We made it. I'm Drew here with my sister, Ashley, and best friend, Derek. And we just got back from October 5th, 1984. The past. Ashley, what were we doing? Well, each week we travel back in time. To the best year ever. Sure. To watch whatever movie just hit theaters. And maybe start changing into something scary. But before we get into that, here's what we saw. He was created out of violence and horror. He exists only to destroy the evil around him. He can't be reasoned with or bargained with. He can't be stopped. So if you've been bad, look out. He's your worst nightmare come true, the Toxic Avenger. If you've been bad. He'll get you good. Rated R, <laughs> under 17, not <laughs> Dark Friday at theaters everywhere. The best line. Um, so we watched The Toxic Avenger, rated R for pretty much everything. Uh, sex, nudity, <laughs> violence, gore, profanity, alcohol, drugs, including smoking, frightening, frightening and intense scares. All of it. Ooh, perfect way to start Shocktober. <laughs> if you're looking at the poster, you're probably thinking that somebody's like six-year-old uh, nephew designed it. It's got some 3D title font superimposed on a zombie-looking dude holding a mop covered in green sludge in front of awesome. an American flag. Tagline, he was 98 pounds of solid nerd until he became... The, this monster on the poster. Um, <laughs> this. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of becoming monstrous, um, that howl you heard at the beginning of the episode was Derek imitating one of us. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. uh, one of us. Uh, it happened to be a full moon when we went back to 1984 and a uh, dirty hidden secret was revealed. Surprise. <laughs> did, someone, did someone get bit yeah. by I something? Was, I was um, scratched. Oh, I, didn't, I didn't realize it was a, a, a bite um, uh. until the moon came out. And um, as y'all know, uh, because I like to show off my clavicle and neck area. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't have a lot of <laughs> chest hair, but all of a sudden, oh, I was like uh, Burt Reynolds <laughs> during the movie. It was weird. Oh, how are you feeling now? Odd. Yeah, are you feeling movie, okay? The movie calmed me down. It was a. It was such a you know feel good fun romp that really <laughs> my nerves. The transformation was painful but not as painful as the hair removal treatment post transformation to get (laughs) back through customs so yeah um that was an adventure ashley why don't we talk about the movie so this was quite quite a movie would you care to sum up the toxic avenger for us in 15 seconds or less sure ready derek yep okay <clears throat> so a gym kind of janitor gets picked on and falls into a vat of toxic sludge and then becomes a hero and then kills like all the shitty people in his town. Yeah. And boy, are they shitty? Yeah. They're the worst boy. people. 
Uh, yeah, don't mind my stomach. Um, thanks for being comfortable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a superhero story, really. I mean, Sorta. It's, it's well, it's got like the origin. It's got him turning into another like um getting gaining new powers and then mm. using those powers to fight bad guys he's just like a less less beautiful superhero <laughs> yeah we'll we'll get into maybe some of his flaws <laughs> soon enough <laughs> before we do ashley what's your backstory with this movie or like b movies movies that are made for shock value things like that sure so no backstory with toxic avenger at all um but when i lived in new jersey my roommate and i used to watch like really 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 poorly made horror movies um one of them being the human centipede which uh i would recommend you watch it just I you know check it, it out poorly made well that one was that one was good but we watched a lot of movies that were very bad yeah like, i thought human and- centipede wasn't terrible like the effects and stuff are pretty good yeah well i thought that was an interesting movie to bring up because uh it definitely fits the shock value category mm-hmm. it's not a but it's not a i wouldn't call it like a campy b horror movie it's not in the same tone <laughs> as the movie we just watched <laughs> by any means right um it's going i mean if you're a real sicko you're probably going to find some perverted humor in it i mean the concept itself if you're just telling someone about like tying, uh, sewing someone's mouth to someone else's butt. Um, yeah. So, <laughs> Sounds funny I mean, when you just talk about it. Yeah, it's, 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 <laughs> but not funny. when you see it. <laughs> yeah. But it's not portrayed in a way that is supposed to, you know, like make you laugh during the movie. So, right. Maybe out of discomfort. Um, anyway, yeah. I, uh, again, like I was aware of this movie and I was really aware of, the term like trauma films which is not a genre per se it's like all the films that were made by this this one movie studio in the in the early 80s and and basically up until now um they've made over 100 movies (laughs) yeah uh, in the course of their run but this was the one in 1984 that put them on the map that was kind of the first like midnight movie uh, success that they had. So I was aware of the character, but hadn't seen it and hadn't really seen any of their other films like um, Class of Newcomb High is one. And then the most interesting one that I saw on the list was uh, Poultry Geist, Night of the Chicken Dead. Oh, I wouldn't yeah. mind watching that, actually. <laughs> that sounds a little like an example of something that was inspired by this uh, type of movie would be uh, Thanks Killing. Have you seen yeah, that? I just said that. <laughs> oh, well, I must have been talking. Yep, you were typical. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's that's definitely a B horror movie. Um, mm-hmm. Fun time, gobble gobble, motherfucker. Uh, nice tits, bitch. Yeah. Yeah, right off the bat. <laughs> yeah, that movie uh, has a fond place in my heart. Derek, had you heard of Toxic Avenger? Seen it? Yeah. So I, I used to collect comics when I was a kid. And I found myself owning a couple of Toxic Crusaders comics. And oh. the, the color scheme in the comics was just really awesome. 
a lot of like orange and blue, which are complementary colors. I don't know. It just caught my eye as a kid. Um, is yeah. it the same? Is that the same character? That's a good question. I want to say yes, but I, I haven't confirmed. I thought I had Toxic Avenger comic books, but it ended up being that I had um, Toxic Crusaders. I'm pretty sure it was just kind of like the Avengers of Toxic Avenger. It would be funny though if it was. Well, it could have. Oh, that was like his whole crew. Yeah, like I think it's a, of, it's a lot of it's a lot of them. Part yeah. of the Crusaders. Yeah. Oh. yeah. Well, there was um there was multiple there was two sequels, mm-hmm. um, and then uh one of them was called The Last Temptation of Toxie. So Toxie. There's a religious <laughs> crusade overlap there. I, perhaps I don't want to spoil anybody's trivia, but I thought that the comic book existed before this movie. But it turns out that this movie came out in 84 and yep. the first Toxic Avenger comic book was in 91. This was like, this was a franchise and it was really the only or one of the only commercial successes that the studio had. I mean, they were pumping out so many movies that it was they only needed a couple big hits to kind of like sustain making movies on a on a low budget. But they were definitely trying to milk this one for all it's worth with the sequels and then with comic books and probably um, uh, action figures and mop costumes. And uh, <laughs> was Swamp Thing before this related to this somehow? Not related, but definitely it had to be before. So I feel like we watched that with our grandma. Well, I mean, I, I knew the Swamp Thing. Swamp Thing was in 80, came out in 82. <laughs> well, yeah, movie, so, but... a little bit of um, it's not like this movie studio was above ripping off other things and putting their own mm-hmm. spin on it. Um, all the stuff that you listed off in the rating for this movie is kind of the signatures of a trauma film. Um, so let's let's get into some of the specifics <laughs> of the movie. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it it starts off in classic 80s fashion with a gym montage. Ashley, what did you think of the whole vibe at Tromaville Health Club? Kind of (laughs) orgy-esque. Describe it. Sure. So they're all wearing pretty much no clothing. I mean, slim to to no clothing. Yeah, they're wearing bikinis, working out at the gym in bikinis. Guys are wearing Speedos. Guys and girls are touching each other in the gym in front of everyone. Um... <clears throat> it's really uncomfortable. There's a lot of close-ups on like crotches and boobs and everything for too long. A lot of the people are in really <laughs> good shape though. Yeah, they're in great. I mean, they're in great shape, but weird Tommy. for a gym to have that yeah. much showing. <laughs> it's so. like it, maybe they have their own like place to work out and then they come to this gym to like hang out. It's like this and, sexy gym. Originally, yeah. this movie was supposed to be called Health Club, by mm, the way. Not as catchy. So... So interesting, but uh, yeah, that was the health club—just a bunch of people in scantily clad outfits and yeah, touching so each other. We're gonna run through our favorite, uh, or we're gonna run through the most notable moments of the film and highlights or lowlights. And so, would you consider <laughs> the Tromaville Health Club atmosphere a highlight or a lowlight? I would actually consider it a highlight yeah. in comparison yeah. to the rest of the movie. <laughs> What did you think of the pool? A little, <laughs> a little uh, unhospitable looking. Yeah, it looked pretty disgusting. Uh, that whole area I didn't really like, but the workout 
room was cool and the sauna was nice. Yeah, the sauna was like old fashioned. You had to pour your, you, there was a, a pile of hot rocks and you would pour your own water on the mm-hmm. rocks to make steam. More on that later. Um, <laughs> the, thing, the thing that I appreciated about the pool uh, was that there was a sign that said like, no open wounds, no pus, no, you know, yeah. uh, hanging flesh. So it's not like they were going to have to worry about somebody entering the, the gym with, uh, you know, lesions, lesions all over their skin <laughs> or were they? Or the toxic <laughs> Avenger. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so one of the most notable scenes after kind of the health club opening is they want to establish some, the type of characters that hang out in Tromaville. Um, if the gym didn't give you enough of a, of a clue, then we see some degenerates in a car drinking. Everyone's always got like a whole um, stack of beer cans on the dash under the pedals, <laughs> littering mm-hmm. their whole, their whole car. Um, you know, whether they're out for a joy ride or transporting deadly waste, um, they're, they're doing it drunk. But yeah. what did you think of the the kids that were going out and um, had come up with this whole point system based on, you know, different Ugh. minorities or, you know, kids if, that they ran over, like literally ran over and, and killed with their cars were worth points. Yeah, they're pieces of shit. Yeah. <laughs> they were terrible. Little- well, they were bad. Like in the beginning, I was like, oh, I don't really like these people. They're assholes. They're picking on the janitor, Melvin or whatever, yeah. the pool boy. Um, so they're already jerks. And I was like, well, I don't like them. Like they can die, whatever. And then they're like, oh, they like run over people for fun, yeah, including children. Like <laughs> what? Like it's, it's a mess. Well, so the part of the whole trauma mentality is to shock the audience for shock value sake. I mean, do you appreciate them pushing the boundaries or do you find it uh, excessive and unnecessary? Um, I kind of appreciate them pushing the boundaries at first. I was like, Whoa, that's intense. But I watched the entire movie and I was like, throughout the whole thing, I was like really interested in it. Cause I didn't know where it was going to go. Yeah. I was well, like, how's this person going to die? What's going to happen to this person? Like what's, you know, so I thought that was pretty interesting, but I kind of got used to the fact that like, Oh, it's going to be something shocking. Like it's never yeah. gonna be the normal way. Exactly. There's kind of diminishing returns and maybe that is a commentary itself on like, Mm-hmm. Oh, the audience can get used to this. Well, that's that's pretty fucked up. Well, um, it, yeah. it is, in a sense, a different kind of reality where there is so much toxic wastes to where maybe these all these characters are in some little way of impacted or, you know, uh, mutated slightly to where they're just crazy. Yeah, it's it's possible. I think that the reason they want them to be so horrible is just so that we don't feel bad <laughs> when they get mutilated well yeah um, sure but it's it's definitely commenting on kind of like these stereotypes and like shallow vapid people that uh do exist maybe not to this extreme but there's some some social commentary going on there um when a movie starts out with like they so they hit this kid on a bike um mm-hmm. for points but they don't kill him double the first... they get double points they don't yeah only hit him they what true 
yeah so they hit him but he's still moving um you know badly injured so they throw the car in reverse and back over his head and that's when you know like then in the movie it doesn't just like cut away it it shows the aftermath of his squished head like a like a busted cantaloupe uh Mm -hmm. on on the pavement and like to ashley's point like (laughs) if you if you if you start off the movie by shocking the audience with that, they're going to not know what's coming next, but yeah. you're, it's going to be hard to top kind of like they find one um, way to top it later, mm-hmm. Ashley. Um, first, uh, I think you have some insight into that scene and then we'll talk about kind of them trying to take it one level higher than too far. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the head crushing scene was based off of a time when the director Lloyd Kaufman was backing out of backing his car out of the garage and actually hit his younger sister. Oh my god! But she was okay. But it, yeah. like, it traumatized him for like years, which I thought was interesting because he was like, "Oh, I'll take that memory and put it into the movie, and then like run her over, smash her head open." Well, which, I mean, it was just a memory, like a lingering memory. But it's not like I mean, if it's a it's a sick and twisted way to work through that like trauma that he experienced, mm-hmm. and obviously his sister experienced. Um, yeah. Assuming she was relatively okay, she he, was like, fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like he still had in his head this like worst case scenario of what could have happened, and so he was kind of like working that out <laughs> on screen. It's it's very perverse, but but like it's it is interesting to know that it came from a real like emotional mm-hmm. event in, in his life. Yeah. Um, trauma, 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 trauma. Where did uh, the diner scene come from? Ashley? <laughs> uh, I don't know where that came from, but I guess I'll get into that. So there's a scene where there's like, I guess, are they like, are they gang members or are they just like a, like a street gang? Oh yeah. The they're just, they're and just, also yeah, is they're just it like a punks. diner? It's a taco uh, it's a, shop. Yeah, there you go. Taco slash pizza slash French fries. All yeah. it's a it's the it's called like the Mexican restaurant. That's what I read. But um, so they go to like hold up this joint, and you think it's for for money, but I think it's just for pleasure to kill people. Um, and they kill my favorite character, mm. which is the seeing eye dog. <laughs> oh boy, yeah. Yeah. So they shoot this. So the dog starts barking they're like quiet him down like shush him and i was like maybe we'll just like let him run outside but no they shoot him with a shotgun and he just goes like he just goes like um i don't know like five or six feet across the floor and there's just open wounds of his intestines falling out which is really spaghetti but it's just disgust- <laughs> it's just awful it's uh, i can't believe they did that it's so fucked up yeah oh was that yeah, that was the sounds. Um, mm. We've got a double trope alert here. <laughs> Ooh, caca. So there's a trope called kick the dog, which like in Gremlins, you might remember the, the woman uh, hated to establish how villainous someone is. You have them like show that they, they hate dogs. This movie, mm-hmm. like any good trauma, takes that to the logical extreme and doesn't kick the dog. It, it, you know, shotguns the dog 
um, and has it like slide across the floor with its spaghetti intestines uh, mm-hmm. oozing out. It's um, again like with between the kids' head getting squished and the dog um, getting shot, which apparently people like. If there's one thing that people think all the hundred plus movies went too far with, apparently that's the one thing that that uh, I read that people still complain about. So, mm-hmm. did you find the movie um, movies intentional shockiness and provocativeness, Ashley, to be a highlight or a low light? Um, I guess both. I would say kind of both, but. I would honestly, even though the dog scene was awful, I would kind of say a highlight because that's his, that's like what he does. So, and I've never seen a movie like this before. So I think even seeing like a different type of like shocking movie from him, I don't know. I thought it was kind of a highlight, although I hated the dog scene. Yeah. I mean, you're supposed, you're supposed to hate it. You're supposed to care like anything that happens to the, the bad people after they do something like that you're going to root for at least I guess that's the unless you just get turned off by the whole universe that you have to live in yeah (laughs) um then you're going to be rooting for Toxie who um has quite the interesting origin story in the movie let's can you kind of explain the pre-toxic Avenger Melvin character and then his transformation into Toxie Ashley, sure. I like when you call him Toxie. Um, <laughs> so Melvin, just like this really nerdy, offbeat kind of kid that works at the gym, but he's not super fit. Like it said, ninety-eight pounds, he's like this tiny little guy, and everyone at the gym picks on him, makes fun of him. Um, and then this one woman lures him into the locker room and yeah. is basically like, "Yeah, I would really like if you put this outfit on because it really turns me on. I love the color pink." And so she gives him like this tutu outfit and he gets like really excited because he sees her boobs and <laughs> yep. then they turn off all the lights and she's like, yeah, come into this dark room essentially to like make out or hook up with me. And so it's all dark. And all of a sudden he like goes to kiss something and they turn on the lights and everyone from the gym is watching him kiss this sheep, which is really sad. And so he like runs, they all chase him. He falls out of a window into this toxic sludge. And he then, jumps like intentionally yeah, yeah. to escape. Like, oh, kind of yeah, he jumps out of the window and then lands headfirst into his toxic sludge, gets out of the sludge. And everyone's watching him basically, his skin bubble and like ooze and just really disgusting. Up. And they're all just like laughing at him, like watching, like no one's trying to help. Yeah, he, I mean, it's, it's a really impressive, um, uh, practical just another display of, of practical effects we're going to be talking about some of our favorite or most shocking transformations uh a little bit later but i thought this one is right up there with some of the more iconic ones it goes on forever i mean mm-hmm. in a good way they really show like the details of how his skin is peeling away um oh, it's like the, growing and bubbling and yeah, it's in broad daylight. Uh, that's like pus popping out. Like stretching like rubber. <laughs> yeah, so he's in the he's in the bathtub at home after he like runs away from the health club 
and his mom is is frantically like banging on the door he won't open it the i thought the cinematography in that scene was interesting they would they did like this thing where they like shook the whole camera Mm-hmm. and like it, it they do some weird like filters and and kind of like transitional effects um but the end result of like his skin just like yeah mutating is quite impressive um and um tropo art in ah! body horror <laughs> uh style <laughs> He, when, I think we talked about this in a previous episode where when your body is going through, when the source of your horror is your body transforming, um, a la ginger snaps, he is um, going through like an obvious physical change, but his mom kind of uh, gives up knocking and, and, and is satisfied because she thinks that it's the sounds of him like what? having his first orgasm because he went through puberty yeah yeah so yes. that was pretty that's what it sounds like <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was pretty interesting and uh yeah i thought like if you want to compare this to something like the incredible hulk or a superhero transformation i i thought this was probably more effective i would definitely say his whole origin and, and transformation well i'd say the transformation was a highlight I don't really like, I don't know why they had to make the Melvin character so annoying. Yeah, I wanted to, I wanted to really like him. And then I was like, I don't even like this character. I mean, so. they could have made him timid and nondescript, but they made him like, uh, weirdly, um, oogling the people that were having sex and like, I don't, they made Same him kind of pervy. I took it a different way. I took it that he was aware of that. And he had some sort of mental issue yeah. that, you know, mm-hmm. n- not that he was being pervy about it, but. That's definitely possible. If, 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 if they're trying to convey that he had a mental issue, then obviously the movie has no problem um, using slurs and things like that. They're mm-hmm. doing a really offensive portrayal of somebody with, with special needs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Not that, again, not Agreed. that the movie wouldn't do that on purpose, um, mm-hmm. but that's that's totally a, a possible reading um either way it just made his character pre-transformation pretty unsympathetic and yeah. then post post-transformation he you know becomes quite heroic so i don't know ashley did you think that the transformation was a highlight or a low light i thought it was a highlight i thought they did a really good job with the yeah. makeup and special effects i was really impressed um it actually takes them four hours every time for to do all the makeup and stuff oh, on it. That's not bad. Okay. Wow. Which isn't terrible, but I think it's a lot of prosthetics and then they have to like go in and like rework it. Because he could only, for the most part, I don't know if you've noticed a lot of the dubbing throughout the movie, which was a different <laughs> voice than his voice. I noticed it. Here's a low light. Which is a low light, yeah. Because um, I looked it up and I was like, why? And so the guy that was dubbing, his voice was like 20 or 30 years older than him. So that's why he sounded like an old man. Well, that's why he also looked like he just put on a bunch of muscle, too. Well, obviously, they didn't need to use the same person under it, but there's no reason they couldn't have used the it same didn't voice. Match. Yeah, well, the guy, so the guy who had, like, the four hours of prosthetics and stuff, he, a lot of the scenes, he couldn't really talk. He had, like, drink through a straw and stuff. So I think whatever they had around his mouth, for the most part, he impeded him from talking well. 
Yeah, but if you're dubbing it anyway. He could have dubbed it with his own voice, yeah. Yeah. Oh, it, I agree. It wasn't dubbed by the original pool board. No, it's dubbed no. by a different person. Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I could, I, I sense. Yeah, that it was that very was weird. The case, but I mean, right. it seemed like Low it was light. dubbed by like four different people. I, I mean, he was using different like accents, or the the volume mm-hmm. was different. It was just that was that was. It was distracting. Should, it was distracting. Yeah, like for a B movie, it can do it can get away with all sorts of flaws because like, um, it's it's trying to be funny. But mm-hmm. that just that was just distracting. It, it's yeah. distracting in the sense that all happened within like a 25 minute time frame and then it stopped. But yeah, it, it definitely was distracting. Well, he he talked throughout the whole movie. It happened throughout. Yeah, they dubbed over him yeah. throughout the whole movie. So I guess I grew accustomed to just expecting that weird voice. I yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, his, his, he went through puberty. His voice could have changed. <laughs> Who knows? But it was just uh weird what like on a on a related note just this type of writing and dialogue and acting actually like this intentional b movie um style do you find that uh appealing i mean like funny or do you find it just annoying annoying yeah yeah it's just annoying it's too much it's like too over the top and I guess that's how all of his films are. And I understand why people like them, but I just, the acting was so bad, but you couldn't, it was just, yeah, that's too much for me. It's weird for me. I'm kind of, I'm kind of torn because with something like Revenge of the Nerds, or even mm-hmm. when I was complaining about 16, some of the humor in 16 Candles, that's comes out of nowhere in those movies. In this movie, the whole yeah. movie's like that. So it actually yeah. doesn't, bother me as much it's not my it's not my preference if i'm watching like uh sleepaway camp or you know uh, a sort of uh slasher b-level slasher from from the 80s Mm -hmm. i I don't need it to veer into that tone too often i mean it can it can do it occasionally um but when it becomes like wet hot american summer um you know that level of parody um this is like what they would be parodying later um, mm-hmm. with things like that. It's, yeah, it's not my favorite. So there are a few. Um, so I guess we are in agreement that that's a low light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Um, sure. There were a few gory moments. Um, so aside from like the stuff that's just there to shock with the kid and the dog, mm-hmm. I thought that the rest of the kill when, so that's them, that's good people that's bad people killing good people. But when Toxie is killing bad people, I found that the absolute highlight of the whole movie, probably. Yeah. Um, the, yeah. the cleverness and true slasher movie style, the way he's killing people in all sorts of inventive different ways. Did you have a favorite kill from the movie? Hmm. There are a lot of really good ones. Um, I did like the one in the gym. Where the guy's working out and then he drops the, I guess it's a weight connected to a bar and it just goes through his entire face. His face falls off, half of his face, and it's left with his mouth like kind of open. And they show all of that. I liked that kill. That was, yeah, it was really well done. Triple art. So that's called ice cream. <laughs> Not to be confused with our next kill. Um, so when they show, they do like, uh, I've seen this effect in other movies, but they'll show the eyeball and then they'll show the, the, like the weight 
um, pole, the pole, the thing that, that connects like one plate of weights to the next. Um, and then they'll show the eye again. And then they'll show the, the, the metal pole again. <laughs> and then, you know, you could connect the dots if they didn't show it, but then they also show it smashing down and, and, and just completely obliterating uh, one of the like dirty cops faces. So mm-hmm. that was a bad guy. There's also the ice cream kill or ice cream uh, Sunday uh, <laughs> where they like <laughs> basically after the, the taco shop massacre, they uh toxie like throws this one dude down on the counter and fills his mouth up with ice cream like he's waterboarding him pours hot chocolate on it pour puts like you know cherries and whipped cream and stuff on it and then what what is is it like the stir yeah it's the stir it's like the stir for ice cream the metal stir (laughs) that was gross it was fucked up that was i feel bad for the actor who had to go when I felt bad for the actor who had to go through all that, because that's clearly like a person taking all that and then they like switch to a dummy. Yeah. I mean, just in that, just in that one location alone, you have that kill, you have the deep fryer um, hand. Um, fryer fingers. Fryer fingers. Yeah. You have the, um, the guy getting shoved, the guy who already had his arm ripped off getting shoved into the pizza oven. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> obviously, like, Here's a little bit of trivia for you, Ashley. The guy who had his yeah. arm ripped off only had one arm. Oh, I knew that. Okay. Well. But thank you for that trivia. <laughs> but that thank was you. um that was clever casting. So mm-hmm. yeah. just add, it's easier to add an arm than to remove one. Um, That's true. So. Um, with with all the gore in this movie, do you guys have a guess of how many people died? Mm. Oh yeah. I would say like 20, 36. 27 and the dog so Damn. 28 oh that's pretty high count for for ones they actually a superhero show. movie yeah 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 exactly mm-hmm. well the thing is they have to establish like how shitty all these characters are so that we can enjoy we can enjoy the hero the quote-unquote hero i mean mm-hmm. the cool thing and maybe we'll talk about this in a minute with the with the ending the cool thing about his heroic arc is he does feel bad about you yeah. know his monstrous think... behavior? Mm-hmm. And they talk about like his brain pattern and how he can't control it. Do they? Yeah, the scientist talks about it for like the with all the reporters. They have like a yeah. map of his brain in the background. And he talks about how he like can't control. Oh his right, kill. yeah. Like I he kills evil, that. but. But mm-hmm. technically, he is killing evil. Like that old woman yeah. that he throws into the. Uh, the dryer in a laundromat mm-hmm. she, like nobody knew what she was up to except like she was really up to some no good yeah shit. he detects evil yeah but yeah. you know y'all realize that there are other ways to deal with bad people than to no vicious murder Did you gotta <laughs> yeah. wash them off and then dry them off yeah <laughs> yeah i'm just i mean we can't we can't 100 condone his behavior um even though they are they are criminals um, they're worse than criminals. I mean, they're monsters. Um, mm-hmm. So, or can we? I don't know. Um, it's not. It's not our job to decide. <laughs> what about this one? I'm genuinely curious um, whether it's going to be a highlight or a low light for you, Ashley. Um, mm-hmm. Your character is the dog. I'm going to make my character Wanda, the blind um, girl who's also at the taco parlor 
invasion. Mm-hmm. Um, and from there, after she gets saved by the 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 kind of zombified looking toxic Avenger <laughs> who she can't see, um, they start a little romance. They go on a, a nice walk because she her seeing eye dog is no longer Dead. there. So he, she needs to walk home. He takes her the scenic route overlooking the city. At least that's good for him, I guess. Um, and yeah, did you find their romance charming or uncomfortable? Uncomfortable. <laughs> Specifically how? Specifically when they're like having sex. <laughs> okay. It's so I, weird. I talked, I, I talked to Jamie about this. I wanted to get her counsel. She didn't see the movie, but I tried to lay mm-hmm. it out for her. Friend of the podcast, Jamie. Yeah, close friend of the podcast. Um, upcoming guest in November. So I, for, this, for this type of movie, again, we can't just use that as a blanket excuse, but a movie that is shameless. I don't think it was a full, it wasn't a salty. They had a buildup to their romance. He, she was aware right. that he was um, disfigured. I mean, it doesn't even matter if he's disfigured or not. She no. knew the person. He didn't really like lie to her, or manipulate her. She kind of, it, it seemed to happen again for as naturally as it could for this type of movie. That doesn't mean you had to feel comfortable with it. (laughs) Right. No. Yeah. No, I did feel uncomfortable. Um, I also didn't really like her character. You mean my character? I didn't like you. Yeah. Yeah. So I just don't think he needed a love interest. I mean, I thought it was fine. I I get, yeah. I'm surprised that I liked it as much as I did in this type of movie. I mean, it humanized him again. If, if Melvin hadn't been, this is why I loved uh toxie and this is why i am toxie is it kind of oh. human, humanizes him and yeah. makes him a little bit better even though he's so brutal you don't want to be melvin we need a do no. we have, can we have a sound effect for when i'm about to make a really insightful point no what <laughs> if becoming the toxic avenger actually made melvin more human oh Dun, so, dun, dun. He was, he was, insightful indeed. he was always, he was treated like shit. So it was understandable that he hadn't like developed the best relationship with people um, in the town and, and, you know, all the people he interacted with uh, mm-hmm. were horrible to him. But once he became the toxic Avenger, it wasn't, it didn't take long for kids to recognize his heroic traits. Cause kids are like famously way more, um, open-minded than adults and especially like adolescent adults um, post-adolescent adults like teens and 20 and somethings um, and yeah I just thought that like he got a newfound appreciation for humanity and became more like in touch with the world once he became a monster we also ironically. became a completely different person <laughs> well S- well, different person, different voice could now we're fight. We're not supposed to know he's a different person. No, I know, but I'm just saying he didn't keep any of his characteristics at all. No, that's true. Like not one. So yes, that was kind he of did. weird. He kept the mop involved. He okay. The mop. And he mopped dirty. Yeah, mopped dirty people. I get it. He kept a picture of his mom. Okay. Besides that, nothing changed. So, or every, sorry, everything changed. <laughs> 
Okay. Well, we can agree to disagree. Um, a few final notes before before we move on from highlights and lowlights. Um, I thought the villains being all one-dimensional was, well, I guess it was the easiest way to get through the movie. None of the villains were interesting, but you could say the same for most Marvel movies. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I can forgive that. Let's talk about the ending. Um, Toxie goes on a little camping getaway mm-hmm. with his, with Wanda, me, um, Derek and I, I guess. Derek, yeah. <laughs> you two go without me because scenario. I'm dead. <laughs> um, Derek, you're an expert camper. What did you think of the camping location? <laughs> uh, hilarious. That's, yeah. all, that's all I will say. <laughs> Just hilarious. It was like a field on the side of the highway or in someone's backyard or mm-hmm. something. <laughs> yeah, it was car camping except without a car. Yeah, and without so any like drops. They say that off. he's in the woods, but there's not really any woods. It's just a clearing. Yeah. It's <laughs> what's cool is that Wanda's packed her bikini and they're cracking some beers, having a good time. And <laughs> Unfortunately, the evil mayor uh, gets calls in the National Guard and, and raids the campsite. All of the town people, uh, townsfolk show up as well. And then there's a, conf- there's a showdown between the mayor and Toxie. Everyone else is pretty much on, you know, like the can't go through with it um, because they recognize that he's done. The people there think he's done enough good that they don't want the tanks to shoot him so they you know they raise their weapons or lower their weapons but Mm -hmm. the mayor is fully prepared to go through with it so toxie has no choice but to walk up to him and (laughs) rip his intestines out and probably says some kind of quip but i can't remember what it was he said something about like you think you're brave let's see your guts and then he rips out his guts and then after that he turns to the sheriff and he's like clean up this toxic waste nice beautiful yeah. so <laughs> and then I, that dude stuffs his his uh, intestines back into his body yeah the yeah what well, worth Just a shot to, yeah it, it is i agree <laughs> um so what i thought was awesome about that scene i was going to tip my hand i guess is that i was expecting him to walk up to the mayor because we had had this monologue or something with Toxie. oh he it's a speech that he gives to wanda where he's like I'm tired of being a monster. That's why they leave the uh, leave town and and go uh, five minutes away to this campsite so that he can stop having to like, so that he can fight his monstrous impulses to kill. He doesn't, Mm -hmm. he doesn't want to kill anymore. So when he walks up to the mayor, I think this is the moment when he's finally turned over a new leaf. And then of course, because Murder. the movie can't help itself and doesn't want to help itself. He mm-hmm. rips his guts out. <laughs> I loved. Did you think that? Yeah, was I actually. Yeah, I liked it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was dope. And then everyone cheers. Woo, go Toxie. Did you notice the kid's shirt that says, they just say like, I love the superhero. There's a couple of kids that are wearing like generic shirts. This is like, I love superhero, the superhero. Well, they had because- shirts made early in the movie. Yeah, but those shirts didn't say Toxic Avenger because they hadn't decided on what to call him until the movie oh. was over. Oh, nice. Interesting. Nice but they trivia. did have his picture on it. It's just they didn't have yeah, a name. Yeah, they just didn't have a name for him. Nice. Yep. 
speaking of last final bits of trivia there was this ridiculous car i keep wanting to call it a car chase but it wasn't a chase toxie gets into the car with um i want to probably the character named bozo into or on top of well he chases the car down jumps on it and then once he rips a slug out of the passenger seat he gets in the passenger seat and wrestles he's way stronger than any human being but he like has this extended wrestling scene and where they're uh, almost like mowing down all sorts of innocent people which toxie never harms innocents um well did you have some insight into what was going on in that scene ashley no not really i mean he almost moves down like everyone i mean they don't kill anyone except for in the end they kill the bad guy um but i do know that the stunt car that was involved in that scene was rigged to allow the vehicle to drive straight with a gas pedal to the floor but the roll bar that was installed in the car was wrecked when the car was falling off the cliff which almost killed the stunt driver Oh, so, so there the stunt was driver a person almost. Him. So yeah, so the stunt driver like almost died in that scene. Oh my god! Well, that would have been yeah tragic. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was okay. <laughs> I was watching that um, sequence of events happening when they when uh, Toxie was <laughs> choking and making sure that the driver could not control his car for some reason. Destroy, yeah, yeah destroy like like go through parks you know destroy uh construction zones uh he did look back a couple of times and it was like does he actually care and then they just kind of glossed over it my my guess would be that they wanted a car scene in the movie and they had access to a stunt driver or they just knew that it would be cool and they didn't Mm -hmm. really think about what it said about the character yeah and (laughs) i also thought it was interesting and another like low light that all like the main like villains that were like running over people for points, they all died like not as aggressively as the other people in the movie. Hmm. None of them. Like they don't even show half of them. Like their well, actual deaths. One of the one of the girls that um that tricks him. I don't know if it's the girl that tricks him into getting into the bikini or is just in the in the car that, that runs kids over. Um he does lift her on to the, the rocks in the in the steam room and like melt her booty. Yeah, but then like doesn't show her dying. And the other girl, he's like, You chasing wanted more her. you wanted more butt melting. Well, I wanted well, yeah, more butt melting. Well, I felt like the other people, like the street gang or whatever, they got like their arms like, ripped off or like their hands put in a fryer and like it was more gruesome. And then the four people didn't seem to have the like, gruesome deaths, and I just thought that was weird. Well, yeah, I guess they sacrificed like creativity for the ramp up of the action scenes, like the fact mm-hmm. that they they did that whole car sequence right. was supposed to be your your payoff, not the not the deaths. But I I agree with you. That was a, a little bit of a you want to save the, the mayor was the ultimate villain, and mm-hmm. so his death maybe wasn't the most creative, but it was impactful. Like so, I think the final the final punch. Uh, the final gut punch worked. Yeah, nice. And on that note, let's take a break from our discussion of the Toxic Avenger while we tune into NR84.
New Release Radio is where we give you a taste of what was happening this week back in 1984. The song you just heard was Dark Side by John Cafferty in the Beaver Brown Band, up eight spots to number 16 on the Billboard Top 100 for the week of October 5th, 1984. Ashley, what's happening in pop culture or news this week? Well, the Smithsonian got something pretty cool. That's your news voice? Yeah. I was waiting for a little kid being a nerd. And it was? Well, I was just going to even play the clip. Yeah, I know. (laughs) (laughs) Thousands of quarters later, Pac-Man has earned its place in history. That video game and five other electronic toys were donated today to the Smithsonian Museum of History in Washington, D.C. That's cool. So Pac-Man, which came out in 1980 ashley made it into the arcade hall of fame mm-hmm. wait the into the smithsonian yeah which is pretty cool so they donated uh pac-man and a few other arcade games and put them in the smithsonian which was i wonder awesome. which other ones made yeah the cut. not entirely sure um what about the box office report interestingly this is columbus day weekend so all the box office numbers haven't been released yet ghostbusters raked in two million and the Toxic Avenger, I have a feeling, isn't going to be showing up on the top of the charts anywhere because, as we know from our own viewing, we had to see it at a midnight movie screening. So this movie's slowly picking up steam with uh, devoted cult audiences, but not going to be cracking the top 10 anytime soon. Yeah, I'm still pretty tired. Yeah. <laughs> Between the full moon transformation, the midnight movie, the exhausting. The, well, how many movies back then did midnight showings only? Not very just, many, right? Well, not very many, but the the whole phenomenon was starting to ramp up. So there were movies that were getting like notoriety, Rocky Horror Picture, famously, mm-hmm. and stuff like that specifically through this like they were almost making movies hoping that they would become midnight movie sensations um and slowly build an audience versus trying to make it in one weekend interesting anyway now for everyone's favorite segment on nr84 rank the blank William Defoe. <laughs> there we go. So Rank the Blank is where we pick a topic each week inspired by the movie and we rank our personal favorites. So this week we are doing most shocking transformation. Ooh. There's a lot of contenders for something like this. Um, movies we've watched already this year, like Gremlins, have you know the Mogwai transforming into the ugly little gremlin creatures. Um, we've talked about some superheroes going through transformations. Um, Ashley, any others that you want to mention, just in general? Um, I'll just mention animals lots of animals like uh i don't know if you've seen this but it's really disturbing the justin long when he turns into a walrus it is have you seen that movie it's like okay yeah it's a disturbing movie and i was just refreshing myself on the images of 
his walrus character from the movie mm -hmm. and wow that is that is a disturbing one um as i know firsthand now one of the most famous types of movie transformations is man or woman into werewolf so the most iconic transformation of all time perhaps american werewolf in london jesus christ yeah you got how it felt <laughs> drew i would say i have a higher pain tolerance no <laughs> oh okay <laughs> i would say he's a wuss the elongation of bones like your ankle bones extending the mm -hmm. the jaw and snout like growing longer you know oh. you feel every little inch of 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 that you know derek please, hates this description yeah, please, please do not continue going into <laughs> yeah. detail this is brutal so yeah we uh, we didn't pick that as one of our personal favorites but it had to be mentioned um and then another one worth mentioning before we get into ours is the creature from the thing it transforms into all sorts of different things throughout the movie notably just the people in the movie that look like people but are actually the thing but in a few segments of the movie you actually see it going through the transformation process which is anything but like clean and uh uh seamless so there's this like spider dog uh tentacle creature that is undescribable basically you just described it pretty well i mean it well i didn't do it justice <laughs> i'll just put it i'll just, I'll just put it that way um, sounds cute <laughs> let's uh oh and we also threw out an instagram poll ashley was there any interesting answers from that well I don't really want to say what it is because one of our picks. Oh, okay. Well, you can use it hold as, off. what was the poll? Um, the most, um, the, the best movie transformation or most shocking movie transformation. Okay. What do we got? Well, of course, um, as we heard earlier, we have Melvin from the toxic Avenger. We talked uh, enough about that for now, but I will be curious to see where it stacks up against our personal choices. So Ashley, what's yours? So my, yeah, my choice, um, I'm going to, I also really like this movie, but in Willow, um, Val Comer and his group of men go to fight the evil queen and they do not succeed because she transforms them into this. You're not warriors. You're, You're <laughs> So this is another elongation of all the bones and everything popping and twisting and turning uh, and oinking and oinking a lot. Sorry. Yeah. I hadn't seen this movie for a while. So I had to refresh myself. Like they don't permanently change. Right. Because mm -hmm. Willow works some magic and, and changes them back. Yeah. She, he defeats the queen and uses powers and then they go back. Yeah. It's, it's, it's pretty disturbing. You're going to get some points for volume of transformation. <laughs> so good, I'll take good job it. there. For my choice, I am going with Jeff Goldblum's transformation from man into 
giant fly. Humongous fly. fly. Um, let's hear a little clip and then I'll talk about it more. I'm saying I'm an insect who dreamt he was a man and loved it. But now the dream is over and the insect is awake. No, sir. I'm saying. Yeah, I, I like that moment in the movie because this is about, uh, let's say, halfway through his transformation at first. He is just getting cool new powers, like the ability to uh, jump around his apartment, do pull-ups, do like trapeze (laughs) in this loft-style apartment that he has with exposed uh, rafters. Yep. Rafters. Um, This is not Jurassic (laughs) Park. Um, Rafting rafters. Exposed uh, rafters. And so he's swinging everywhere. He's like climbing up walls with his sticky hands. Um, He's doing cool fly-like things. He's feeling basically like all jacked up on this new energy and then his skin starts peeling off mm-hmm. um and that's when his girlfriend gina davis starts to notice that something he's avoiding her and she finally comes to see him and he still this is this is kind of like one of the last really human moments of the movie he gives this monologue to her about how you know, now that he's becoming an insect, he's losing his humanity and he dreamed that he could be a man again, but he realized at the end of the dream that now he's doomed to his insect fate. So it's not exactly a be careful what you wish for thing because he didn't originally intend for this to happen, but he did briefly think that it could be something he would embrace and the last thing I'll say about this one compared to um, Toxic Avenger or Willow is that the whole movie is about the transformation or the bulk of it. So you really get to like, we talked about this with the body horror trope. You really get to follow like the emotional journey of the character. You don't just, it just doesn't happen. And oh, in American Werewolf, like that scene is so impressive because it's like a three minute long transformation and you see it all but this one is a slow build throughout the whole movie it happens in stages and i find that really cool so nice yeah i haven't seen it but i did watch that clip and he looks pretty gross (laughs) yeah yeah it's it the effects themselves are incredible we saw it yeah uh, at one point at the hollywood theater here in portland and the, the visual effects artist was there um talking about it after the movie so that was so sick the practical yeah, effects yeah. artists as well very impressive all of these um i think are pretty practical in terms of how they're done mm-hmm. derek what is yours going to be my choice is going to be the exorcist which tripped me the fuck out when i first saw it when i was a kid uh Linda uh, yeah. blair mm-hmm. turns into a demon and it's creepy as fuck. Still terrifying. <laughs> I cast you out, unclean spirit. Show it up your ass. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, it uh. is he who commands you. It's, it's scary. People were passing out famously, screaming um, in the theater. Um, like People leaving the theater. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This movie 
objectively shocked <laughs> audiences at the time. It almost has such a such a reputation for its shock value that we've seen things that came after it that you know amped amped it up a little bit. I mean, the movie definitely holds up. There's the head spinning around, like you you the crawling down the stairs with a head backwards. Yeah. Oh, oh god. And yeah. the vomit. The vomit. I mean, mm-hmm. these are like Ugh. images that are forever etched into your head. Uh, mm. But it's almost like, don't go into the movie modern day expecting it to be the most shocking thing you've ever seen. But um, it's, a, it's a perfect uh, example for this category. So let's start with Toxie. Um, so, we're, Melvin, we, so we're ranking them? Yeah, yeah, we're gonna rank them. Um, oh, and for the Instagram poll, for it was the fly. So just put. That oh, in. and I didn't even have. Fly to got the it. most votes. Yeah. Our the listeners most. are very awesome. That was yeah. one of the first things that I thought of too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you stole mine. Well, I mean, it basically was what inspired inspired the whole list. Not that it has to win. So, Toxie. You know, it's it's always hard for the movie to compete with our personal choices straight from straight from the heart. So I think he's a worthy competitor, though. Ashley, where do, where do you think Toxie falls? Well, I'm going to put mine at the bottom. Good. So he's above mine. <laughs> cool. Like, like. So I'm oink, also oink, yeah. I'm also putting mine at the bottom. <laughs> I don't agree with that, Derek. No. Okay. Well, well let's, may, let's, maybe let's, let's, let's above let's, Willow for sure. But yeah. Toxic Adventure above mine. Okay. Well, let's 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 fight that out. So, Willow last. We're mm-hmm. on agreement there. Ashley, it sounds job, like you Ashley. may have some reservation between Toxie and uh I don't want to call it it's not the exorcist. It's the possessed girl um from the exorcist. So, yeah, I don't remember her name. But I I um I think it's up to I think the the top two are the exorcist and the fly. I kind of agree. I mean, this movie's trying to be shocking. The Exorcist was a good movie that also had shock value. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the Exorcist. I think it's. I think it's stronger. And but it's, why, yeah, Derek? Why shocking. do you think um, Toxie is a better transformation than the one in Exorcist? It, it's a it's a teenager that's turned into this mutant that then yeah. just fucking rips people apart, literally. And then yeah. you've got you've got the exorcist. It's one person that's being impacted by it. I don't know. Well, there's nothing heroic about the the possessed kid. I mean, like it was just a normal kid and then right. she got possessed mm-hmm. and then she became a mon- you know, a demon. Whereas the let's just lump the toxic avenger. I mean, maybe somebody might be off put by his heroic methods of dismemberment, <laughs> but like Spider-Man would fall into this category. Right. Peter Parker goes through a transformation. Peter Parker would get his head smashed in by oh, toxic yeah, Really? Culture. You so think so? Well, I've seen don't that. Don't even bring Peter Parker in. I don't this. know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just saying, you the, the, the arc of the superhero appeals to you more than just kind of like the indiscriminate demon that enters a human? Yes, absolutely. Okay. For sure. Ashley, does that sway you? No. <laughs> I'm stuck. <laughs> I have the tiebreaker, and I'm gonna go with um, oh, man. I have to go with The Exorcist, just because we're talking about the trans, like which ones, which transformation is more shocking, not which character arc is more satisfying. 
So yeah, sure. So we're all in agreement that the fly is number one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Wow. Buzz buzz. This might be my first win. <laughs> I think it might be. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, we agreed with you, so it's our our win. Sure. Joint win. Yeah, we can all we're all winners, including our audience on Instagram. Um, <laughs> yeah. well, that was good fun. Job. Good job, Instagram audience. Seriously. Yeah. Very good. Good job, Green. Um, <laughs> we uh, let's sum it up. So the fly, Jeff Goldblum turning into the fly, number one. Linda Blair turning into a demon in The Exorcist, number two. Uh, Melvin turning into Toxie in The Toxic Avenger, number three. And then very personal, weird French choice by Ashley Val Kilmer and and all others <laughs> turning into pigs. <laughs> And and Willow. So and Willow. Yeah. I'm glad you pointed that out because it was an excuse for me to watch that weird scene. You could have um brought up the the witches. Well, I thought one. of I thought about oh yeah, with the rats and the mice. I also thought about um the one with Charlie and the but the mom. Oh no, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. We need to put hereditary and um Time out for the time yeah. being. <laughs> Derek just runs away. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's almost time to sign off on New Release Radio for this week and give our final thoughts on The Toxic Avenger. But before we do, let's listen to a wicked new track that debuted this week at number 88 on the Billboard Top 100. Dang. I've never heard this song before. Yeah. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed Centipede by Rebby Jackson. Now back to our feature presentation. Ashley, how were the reviews? Uh, people tended to like this movie <laughs> overall. Well, well, at the time. Yeah. at the. I mean, at the time and now. Well, obviously present day. developed this cult audience. I mean, I guess who cares what the critics thought really, but did they... Um, did critics get it right away or just it was a hit with audiences or what? I think it was a slow build. Yeah. But I think audiences got it before critics did. Um, but for these reviews, so I do two true reviews and one live review, I guess, mm. by you, me. You lie to us every week? Every week. Um, all right. So here are the reviews. One is by me and two are by actual critics. Hmm. All right. Though it is silly, <laughs> sleazy, and graphically violent, the Toxic Avenger does hold a bit of warped charm for fans of this sort of thing. You would okay. never, the, you would never use the word warped. So there's no way that's you. That's one. That was kind of a vague review, anyway. Uh, goofy, gory, and uncomfortable. Ashley. I finished this movie <laughs> yeah, thinking, "What? Let me finish." <laughs> <laughs> I finished this movie thinking, "What did I just watch? And should I watch Toxic Avenger Part Two and Three? And then the end of that review is yes, right? Okay. I want to anyway. watch the class of Newcomb High. Right, let's get the third one. Yeah. So the, the third, third one is an outlandish mix of gory violence and realistic special effects. Positive <laughs> review. I mean, that was pretty generic as well. The first two, I mean, the, the first one and the third one were pretty generic. So I like the second review the best. And I also think that's the lie. That's I me. I'm the best. The second Sorry, review Derek. is you, Ashley, right? Yeah. 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 I, I don't so. really think I, I like that review the best as well. And then the third one, 
next, but yeah. Uh, yeah. Honestly, those reviews, unfortunately didn't um, really shed any new light <laughs> on yeah. the movie. Well, they also what we liked about it. And, should you know. Ashley not start reviewing movies on her own website? Sure. There you go, Ashley. Ashley'sreviews.com. Everybody go to it. No, no, no. <laughs> or should we <laughs> I think keep... it's taken? I think we have an exclusive on Ashley's reviews right here on the release. So yeah, I agree. Uh, we can't add dilute our main asset. It's not a movie that immediately like triggered a wave of nostalgia for him. It was more like a distant, a distant memory. But yeah. Ashley, how many awards? <laughs> Did this movie win Saturn Awards um, and otherwise? None, but it was nominated for one award. Um, no, at Fantasporto, which is a Portuguese fantasy international fantasy film festival. What's it called? Um, Fantasporto. Oh, Fantasporto? Okay. I thought you said Squirto. I was like, okay. Fantasporto. <laughs> um, so it, it was nominated for the International Fantasy Film Award, but it did not win. For best okay, film, well, to make up win. for the huge slight, what kind of Ashley Awards do we have? Uh, we have, for Ashley Alliteration Awards, we have Melvin, Murdering Mobsters, and Mopping Them Up Award. Ooh. We didn't talk about the mop in our, not to not to cut you off, but like we no, had a fine. whole rank the blank early on about best weapons. Where would a mop have ranked <laughs> on that list? I mean, pretty low, but he used it throughout the movie when he was killing people, which I thought was cool. It was kind of his, like, Signature. you're about to die, and then I'm just going to smash you with a mop. Ooh, He's and cleaning up done. the evil. Yeah, exactly. Ooh. I was going to say play the insight music, but Ashley stole my thunder there. Sorry. <laughs> and then I just have, and then I have another one that's bullies behaving badly get beaten award. <laughs> Damn. So we're back to alliteration this week. Yep. All right. This should be fun. <laughs> we might need a new scale. Um, yeah. On a scale Ooh, of okay. 1 to 84, I'm ready. how 80s is this movie factoring in music, wardrobe, tone, acting, iconicness, etc. cetera. Uh, for reference, Ghostbusters is our most 80s movie so far with a score of 80 and then 16 candles and karate kid both are duking it out with 79 i mean this movie almost breaks the scale breaks the whole system uh, it's definitely going to overload derek's computer, computer. yeah um, um, it's it's still yeah it's burning bear <laughs> <laughs> it back i gotta cool it off yeah ashley what do you what, what do you think make a case for this not being in 84 on the highest scale of one to 84. Uh, I mean, okay. I'll just start off with the wardrobes were very eighties. Yeah. So they have that. Um, the music earthworm gym. Did you get that? It's like the earthworm, earthworm gym, Sega game. It's like all of that soundtrack. Um, I, although earthworm gym came out after, did you notice it's all the same? It's all the same music. No, I didn't notice that. Um, I know you, I know you said that, but I'd have to read, I'd have to like, I remember the the like uh, sound bites from Earthworm Jim, but not mm -hmm. so much the the background music. Oh well, it's exactly the same. So that's that interesting. But I this movie, I, I don't know. So outfits, no known actors, over the top acting, 
death. I don't know. I don't even. I don't know what to do with this movie. I have no idea. This the same way that I always want to like. I want to start with like um, 80s slashers as being like what I think of as the most 80s thing. This mm-hmm. movie is like stereotypically about the a peak 80s-ness. Um, it doesn't have Bill Murray and like the cast of, of, of Ghostbusters or, you know, um, I forget the kid's name in Karate Kid, um, Ralph Macchio. Um, mm-hmm. And it doesn't have quite the same title awareness. Although I would say almost everyone's heard of the Toxic Avenger, even if they don't, you know, quote it regular regularly. Um, mm-hmm. You can't get any more eighties in this. I, I, I mean, I think we have to give it at least an eighty-two. <laughs> <Out of 84. laughs> I, I just don't see how a movie can get more eighties than this. Derek, what's the computer say? <laughs> Uh, give me one second. It's calculating. Oh, and sound oh. effects alone is like 100 points. All right. Yep. Uh, the results are in. Are you ready? Yep. Yeah. So uh, five points for the music. <laughs> okay. Wow, we got a long way to go. I, I mean, this is yep. the computer, you know, so yeah. just bear with me. The effects are at 10. And then the computer says that all the fucked up things that were in the film, like mm-hmm. intentionally, like they're taking the, you know, just these computer. games intentionally. Well, anyway, the notes are encrypted. I have to review them. But uh, all the the it's a B film and it yeah. gets 40. So it gets 55. Yeah. Unfortunately, only gets 55. <laughs> yeah, your computer is. Right. Here's out of whack, I think. Yeah. I don't know. It's hot. I'm trying to cool it down, but uh, I mean, that's all, all it could nin- come up with. Ninja 3 was a B movie and had some, but it didn't have the music. It didn't have like, maybe it did have some of the music. I, I don't know. I just feel like this is the most 80s movie we've watched yet. I don't care whether Ghostbusters is more popular and has more famous actors. Like, I mean, I might be. Ooh, wait, wait. There are some finals coming in. So voiceover, 25. Mm. Holy shit. Oh, wow. All That's right. aggressive. So what are we at? 80. 80. Oh, and then we have... Nope, that's it. For two oh, points. What about the dog? Two more. Okay. <laughs> two, yeah, no, two the points. dog gave us... The child. Negative four, so we're at 76. Man, I, I just... I'll accept y'all's judgment if you can explain to me why, you know... 16 candles is more of an 80s movie 80s movie than than this because molly ringwald so just because it it has fashions a more realistic 80s life i guess is probably why that that's that's still that still stands up to i i i think we have fundamentally different interpretations of of the scale and that's and that's fine i mean this movie represents a type of 80s movie that mm-hmm. i think is oh wait i finally got in... the last part of the calculation in so this is a, technically a superhero film yep. the comic existed after this but i just got a point no i just got seven points in on top of my score oh so we're back up to um 80 something 
84. (laughs) 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 I want, I mean, I, Ashley, are you going to be, are you going to quit if it's higher than Ghostbusters? No, I'm not going to quit. I just, I guess this is the only type of movie I've seen like this. So it's hard for me to say like, this is iconic eighties because I just don't know. Yeah. I compare it to. I, I think that basically sums it up. If you're looking at 80s blockbusters and kind of like a sort of mainstream 80s movies, mm-hmm. then Ghostbusters for 84 and is probably the most like mainstream 80s right. movie that we're going to watch. If you're talking about like a movie that is so distinctive, distinct for the time and like was part of a a movement that really could have only happened at the time and it would be it would be re-attempted later Mm -hmm. but only because it's like people copying what what they did what trauma did at the time like this type of b movie i think just embodies 80s like cheesiness um so yeah i'm not opposed to having it up there that's fine all right 82 it is Ooh. are you going to recommend this movie to other people or would you like to see it remade or both uh i kind of would i would recommend it if you're watching in a setting with like five other people okay like i think it'd be entertaining to have some beers hang out with your friends watch it because it's just so absurd yeah but i'd never recommend someone to watch it by themselves i don't <laughs> want to see a remake hmm. well good news a remake is in the works <laughs> Yay! I don't. I I think compared to some of the other movies, uh, this uh, I would I would be intrigued by this remake. To this is I agree with Ashley. So I would say that this is definitely a film that you watch with people and then yep. just laugh with. Um, yeah, it's a midnight but, movie. But mm-hmm. r- watch by yourself. <laughs> it's still fun. Yeah, but it's it's better with a a crowd. It's kind of like a, you know, again, the Avengers Most, films. You're not going to go watch the Avengers by yourself. You're going to go with the group crew. Well, you should just go to hell. Well, that that <laughs> oh. too. Or <laughs> I haven't just I haven't go- uh, pissed off entire fan bases for several weeks. Yeah, no Harry Potter. <laughs> no <laughs> um. Yeah, I recommend watching it. Uh, in a in like most most like kind of uh cheesy movies more the merrier so how are we going to immortalize the toxic avenger in our wax museum i have some ideas but ashley what do you think why won't the toxic avenger in it like toxic in it in general (laughs) duh full body head maybe oh go ahead well bathtub bro (laughs) we could have a, a steam room um, i'm just kidding i i'm sorry i'm totally taking this over i want a a tent okay and, oh the campsite yeah the, the campsite. campsite oh god yeah that's that's a lot this is actually his, getting his, really big. his girlfriend is screaming outside the campsite dead dog outside the, anyway okay i'm gonna say oh no i think i think the camp the, like a tent either like a tent that it looks that's like in a well-lit lit room that doesn't look mm-hmm. scary at all that you have to go like see what's in, and maybe has a bikini clad uh wanda outside of the tent 
So you go to check what's inside, inside and then you find Toxie. Um, yeah, I like that. that. And the, it would be well, in the tone of the movie. Yeah, and the cornfields can be in the back. It's perfect. Sure. Yeah, the highway and cornfields. Um, I was thinking that we could give Charlie Sheen his mop. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And pour some some toxic waste uh, in his <laughs> in his morning coffee while we're at it. Um, oh, that's, if nice. that's not already his, his like green drink. Um, and then, yeah, just if if we get all of Toxie in a tent, I'm I'm happy. I'm happy with that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that sounds good to me. Um, next week we're gonna have a pretty uh interesting change of tone, and we're gonna be watching a movie that was coincidentally named after our podcast and the year I was born. Well, let's hear it. God, this yeah, is going to be a the biological and social stimulation of the family leads to private reflection outside party needs. You're so pretty. Unorthodox loyalties which can only lead to thought crime. So that was George Orwell's classic dystopian book adapted into the movie 1984. Also, a movie that was, or I guess before the movie even came out this year, 1984, that's when the famous uh, Apple ad came out. Mm -hmm. And so like, it's interesting that actually the movie took some cues visually uh, from from that ad, uh, but they're both inspired by the same source material. And we're going to be traveling abroad to Derek's favorite country to catch this premiere next week. So, ooh, y'all excited for that? Yeah, yeah. excited to travel and for the movie. <laughs> If you want to hear more of that, you can subscribe to the podcast by searching New Release 1984 on Spotify or Apple Podcast or anywhere else. Well, that's a wrap. So slick, skin tight. I'm going to make that body.